Hey, Chosen Chosen Girl fam. I'm Liz. I'm Sarah. And welcome to season six of the Tell Me About It podcast. This season, we are so excited to bring you more chats about where real life meets the gospel of Jesus. And stay tuned as this season, we are bringing you even more special guests. Plus, a brand new mini-series on Jesus, what he means to us, and the specific words he spoke while here on earth. If you aren't caught up, feel free to subscribe and binge our first five seasons wherever you find your podcast. And if this podcast has impacted you, we would be honored if you rated us within your podcast app of choice. Grab your Chick-fil-A nuggets with us. And and let's let's get this party started. Hey, Chosen Girl fam. Welcome back to the podcast. It is Tell Me About It Tuesday. What's up? <laughs> Hope you guys had a great week. It's so good to be back with you guys. Um, if you haven't uh, binge listened, we're in season six, episode two. Cannot believe it. It's extremely surreal. And sometimes I get very afraid thinking about my voice being out into the metaverse. Right. <laughs> For, For three, everyone to hear. Three full years, <laughs> six seasons. Yes. That's insane. But we're so excited because as we've promised, if you heard in our intro, that we were going to have even more special guests. And today we have our first special guest of the season. So we want to um, welcome Isaac Gray. He is the pastor of uh, my church in Smithville, Cumberland Presbyterian here in Smithville, Tennessee. And we love him so much. He is a wealth of knowledge um, and uh, pretty witty as well. He's a, he's a great time. But also, um, I have really enjoyed over the last two years getting to learn more about how to study the Word in a way that really is God-honoring. And Isaac's been a really great component of that. So, welcome, Isaac. We're so glad to have you. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Appreciate y'all having me. It's good to be here. You say all kinds of nice words about me. <laughs> I'll try to live up to them, Liz. You do. You I'll do. do <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> we love nice people. Yes, that's right. We were just talking with the waitress at Patty's about that. We were just talking. She was like, thank y'all for being nice. And we were like, that's oh, pretty. we love nice people. Yes. 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 <laughs> to be pretty simple. <laughs> yes. We make it very complicated sometimes. But yeah. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Kindness goes a long ways. Does. Yeah. Well, one of the number one questions that we get from you guys is how to go deeper in your faith with studying God's Word. Mm-hmm. We're all a little intimidated by that. So that's what today's episode is going to be about. We're focusing a lot about the life of Jesus in this season. I don't even think okay. that we told you that, but we're mm. doing a whole series coming up next nice. on who is Jesus to us. We're cool. diving into the Gospels, the words. Uh, that Jesus particularly spoke, and we're calling that series "What He Said." Uh-huh. Uh like, That's what he said. <laughs> <Yep>. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, just kind of getting down really to the nitty gritty of the gospel mm-hmm. and how we're supposed to be living our lives. So we're really yeah. excited to ha- have the foundation of getting your knowledge today of you know how you study, how you read, how you learn more when you're confused. What do sure. we do? Yeah. Um, this is the primer. It is the primer. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm, it's pressure. A lot of pressure. <laughs> no. Everybody knows that we are so laid back. They know we're not theologians. You're probably the smartest, most credited person we've had on this Listen now. Don't tell true. you what. <laughs> no, we've called in the get... expert, y'all. The That's monkeys right. have said enough. <laughs> the circus is closing down. That's right. Uh, we've got an expert here. <laughs> so, why, uh, so before we dive in completely, why don't you tell us, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Okay, um, yeah. I grew up in the Cumberland Presbyterian Church, so 
and I was in church all my childhood years. So I, I was a kid who, by the time I was five, six days old, I was in the church wow. when the doors were open. And so huge credit to my parents for making sure that happened. And so I give great um, admiration and whatever on them for making sure that happened for my brother and I both. So that's I have roots in the Cumberland Presbyterian Church and went to um, Hawassee College where I met my wife. And I went finished up my degree at Emory and Henry College. Hawassee College is a two-year school. Finished up at Emory and Henry in Virginia. Then went on to do my seminary at Asbury a Seminary in Kentucky. And I took my first pastor when I was 27 years old, 2008. I was at my first church for six years. Came to Smithfield here in 2014 and been here since then. So pushing eight years of here in Smithfield. So about 14 years of full-time ministry. It's been eight years. I feel like it was it like has. yesterday. It has. Wow. It's crazy. It's wild. Time flies. The only so. indicator is how your children have grown. <laughs> yes. And my hair is a little grayer. <laughs> is that because of the children? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's because of my children and maybe my church too. They're part of it as well. Yeah. That is fantastic. Well, yeah. I know you can definitely see the fruit of what you're doing here. Well, thank you. From the outside looking in. Appreciate it. Thank yeah. you. I love that. So just diving right in to, you know, a really um, approaching the Word of God mm-hmm. can be really intimidating. Sarah and I were having that sure. conversation. I know that the youth here are going through their year mm-hmm. in the Bible challenge, and um, I'm working my way through the same thing. And in having conversations with others, like, wow, that's that's a lot of pressure. That's yeah. really hard. How do you know that you're, you know, getting what you're supposed to be getting out of it? Um, for someone who's just getting into reading the Word of God, where's a great place to start? Like, where do you start? Uh, what, specify what do you mean by where do you start? Like a specific book of the Bible, or what, what do you mean by start? I think that we can take that in a few different avenues. Yeah. So first, I'm curious, what book of the Bible would you start with? Mm-hmm. Well, you, I've heard lots of people say, which I would agree with, the place to start if you're a new believer would be in the Gospel of John. Yeah. Because it gives such a good, wide range of of who Jesus is, and, and it focuses, a, a lot of John focuses on Jesus as far as his his divinity, his godness, mm-hmm. his divineness. This this dude is, there's something special about him. He's not a normal human. Mm-hmm. So that's always a good place to start. Mm-hmm. So and, and I think another good place to start wouldn't be a specific book, but I mean just the shorter books. Because yeah. we've said several times, even in the, talking before we started, was it's intimidating oftentimes mm-hmm. to get in, to start reading the Bible. And if you take a, a big book like Psalms, 150 chapters, or Romans, which is deep and theological, yeah. like half a chapter into Romans, you're thinking, what in the world am I, what am I reading here? I don't understand any of this stuff. Yeah. So it's, I think it's, it's taking those little steps and, and, not, and not setting myself up for failure, intimidation, because, mm-hmm. I mean, the Bible's huge. Right. It's, it's massive, and there's so much, so much in it. And it's hard to digest. It can be hard to digest all this stuff. So yeah, that's I, I think start simple and don't try to go big. Mm-hmm. I got just became a believer. I'm going to read the whole Bible this year. That, that's a that's a monumental task to take on for sure. Yeah, and I love that John refers to himself as like Jesus' favorite. He does. So yes. why wouldn't you start with that book? You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Well, so if you're not a new believer and you're not starting in John, but you're just looking to form good habits and 
you know, where's a good place to start if you are, um, if you're not new to your faith, but looking maybe to get back to it, reignite that fire? Mm-hmm. I think the place to start, and not partic- again, not a particular book. I think it's, I think it's getting in the habit, which mm-hmm. I think you just said that word. Getting in the habit of reading the word, and not biting off too big of a chunk. So I'm I'm a big proponent of having a specific time and place each day, whether that's in the morning. I'm gonna read a chap one chapter when I first get up, or I'm gonna end the day reading. A little bit or at my lunch break, whatever it is, I think having that habit and that consistent time helps me stay on on process of getting in the Word. Like for me, the way it works in my life, given that I'm a pastor, I take I get up, take my kids to school. When I take them to school, the first thing I do when I get back to the church is I go to the sanctuary, and that's my quiet time. I'll read Scripture. I'll spend time in prayer. And so I guard that time uh, pretty, pretty carefully to make sure I'm not diving mm-hmm. into that as, as important as meetings are and sermon preparation and talking to folks like all that stuff is dependent on this foundation of prayer and what we're talking about getting in the word and letting God speak to me mm-hmm. and work in me and if he's doing that through the scriptures then all of these other things meetings conversations sermon prep all that stuff it seems it kind of tends to take care of itself Often, so I think that's the 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 best advice I would give. Make it a habit consistently, all the time. If if it's going to be random, like if I you know if I have some time at lunch, I'll read a little bit of the Bible. Mm -hmm. That's not going to work. If I have some time tonight, once everything settles down, I'll read. That'll never work. So I think that habit is so so important. Setting that foundation, sticking with it, you know, as best you can. Yeah. If you don't mind me asking, kind of rewinding in your life mm-hmm. when your relationship with Christ was first forming, like um, I grew up in church too, like mm-hmm. prenatal church members. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm right there with you. Yeah. We're both PKs as well. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. like a double dose uh-huh. of that. But I can remember distinctly when it became more of like, oh, I go to church with my family every Sunday. I do believe in Jesus. I know all the stories, mm-hmm. I know who he is. Um, when it started to shift, to that, who is Jesus to me? I want a personal relationship sure. with Jesus. And even though I, I accepted Christ at a young age and got baptized at, at a young age, that relationship really didn't start to form for me personally mm-hmm. until I was about 14 or 15 mm-hmm. when I became curious sure. about God. And that's when the power of habit, like mm-hmm. you said, started yeah. to kick in with my curiosity mm-hmm. as well. So those two things colliding, habit and curiosity, yeah. really helped yeah, yeah. me. Um, so that's my personal testimony with with my relationship with with Christ forming. Do you have a similar experience, or what was your uh, testimony with when you were first? I guess the word is hungry. Sure. And yeah, yeah. and how that's how reading the scriptures started to become more than a Sunday school checklist yeah, or yeah. memorizing a memory uh, verse. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If, it's I've always thought. So I was saved at a young age. I'm not sure what age I was. And young being 8, 9, 10, somewhere, yeah. somewhere in that neighborhood. I don't know the exact day. And so my faith, it, it's, it's hard for me to think about faith, to think about life before Christ because mm-hmm. it's not yeah. really there. Mm-hmm. So that, I give God thanks for that, that mm-hmm. He kept me from a life of you know, getting into all kinds of trouble and causing all kinds of chaos in my life. So I'm grateful for that. So when it comes to my story, I don't know that I could pinpoint 
any specific time right where it just kind of clicked. And I went from the checklist faith to this is mine. I want to know Christ. I want to know God more. It's almost like, I don't know if you know the song. It's, it's fairly several, several years old. It's Chris Rice. Do you even know who Chris Rice oh, is? absolutely. Yeah. He's a legend in the yes. music world. Yes, world. great yeah. music. But he had a song called, I don't remember the, the, I don't remember the name of it, but the, the key line was, it's, try, it's like trying to smell the color nine. You know that song? Oh, I do not remember that lyric. I will look that up. Yeah. Then. And of course, the point is you can't smell the color nine. Yeah. That just doesn't make any sense. And he, the point he's making is that's just kind of it's just kind of a I can't explain mm-hmm. how it all happened. But yet I find myself here. God, you've brought me here mm-hmm. and you've been faithful and you've shown yourself. But there's no like aha, amazing moments. I say that yeah. was the moment. It, but here I am, Lord. And you've been with me and you're faithful. So my journey looks more like that. Yeah. It's just been more of a continual, maybe a graph, thinking about a graph, that line just kind of gradually uh, going yeah. up. Now, I could probably pinpoint some specific things sometimes in my life where I would say, yeah, one of those would be um, when I went to college, the Lord in His grace put me around a group of people, a group of Christians who loved Jesus and wanted to know Him and dive deeper, and that helped form me. That my two years mm-hmm. at Hawassi, that helped shape me, and that's when I accepted my call to ministry. So those are two kind of those are formative years in my life. Um, so yeah, nothing really specific and aha, just kind of a a, a continual growth. Yeah. I know that doesn't really help anybody, no, but it, it's, I but think it, it does more than you realize. I think so many people find themselves. Um, like, like us having grown up in the church our entire lives. Sure. And so you feel like you're on that gradual climate. Right. But th- whenever we go to conferences and events and what you see on social media aren't stories of people right. like us with this experience. Right. It's of I, it's kind of a rags to riches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's so much to be said for God's faithfulness and grace in that that gradual sure. incline sure. Um, that forms who we are. Yeah, and you, and you, hear, it sa- you hear it said that I've heard some pastors say this. Like everybody wants, you know, that story. Mm-hmm. I was a drug addict laying in the gutters, and God saved me. And the next Sunday out, my life was dramatically yeah. different. But and he was saying, sometimes those of us who don't have that story, we we feel kind of bad, mm-hmm. insecure. Yeah, I, I faced yeah. That he's like, before. you shouldn't. He said, you thank God mm-hmm. that He saved you from that life of, you know, debauchery in quotes. Yeah. That yeah. life of craziness mm-hmm. and, and showed you grace early and kept you as like, yeah, that's ex- and just the fact that you're saved. That's a testament to God's Amen. a miracle. He don't have to rescue you from the pits. Just the fact that you're saved mm-hmm. in and of itself is a miracle, no matter what your background is. Amen. That Amen. For real. <laughs> Say it again. saving us from being, mm-hmm. like going through the motions, staying lukewarm. Because mm-hmm. if it's all, if it's what you've always known, right. it's what you've always known. It's right. familiar. Mm-hmm. It's right. comfortable. Right. But seeing it for what it is more intentionally mm-hmm. Like you said, it becoming your personal sure. faith, and sure. and I think God's so gracious to us too. I love how you said it was like an incline. Y'all can't mm-hmm. see us right now, but he like right. went up like a graph <laughs> yeah. with his with his hand. Yeah. But God knows our hearts. He knows where we mm-hmm. are. He knows the season that we're in, what we're going through, what we're going to go through, right. and He's so gracious with us. So many, so many more times than we would even know than we'll even know here on yeah. on this earth oh, yeah. sure. of how gracious He was with the next steps mm-hmm. coming yeah. and yeah. and. Now now you're leading a flock of people, mm-hmm. and you can look back. Hindsight's always twenty twenty, oh, sure. which always. makes me upset. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could see that clearly <laughs> moving right. forward. Yeah. But um, 
I mean, just that incline of grace yeah, is what I, I see it exactly as. Exactly what it is. Grace, yeah. Good For comments. Sure. For sure. So as we kind of going back to diving into the word, mm-hmm. you know, it's mm-hmm. we've already mentioned how it can be a, yeah, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we we need to film the Yeah. <laughs> We used to. We used to. Yeah. I know. If you if y'all want to see early seasons, we're on YouTube. <laughs> don't don't go back. Not real. <laughs> but uh, but coming back to it, you know, I love that as as we're growing and you you know you've been mm-hmm. in the Word your whole life and you hear these same scriptures over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, like I mentioned, I'm working my way back through um, through the Bible and I'm in Leviticus right now and I've seen. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, these, first of all, there's a lot of sacrifice. I'm like, I know I've read this once before. But every time coming back, even through Genesis, I was like, wait a minute. This really happened? Yeah. So if, if you're starting back over, kind of diving back in, um, what are some of the some good perspectives or some things to keep in mind as you're looking for, for uh, God to reveal himself or the Holy Spirit to speak to you through the word? Yeah. It's not about... It's not about quantity, it's about quality. Okay. Not about quantity, it's about quality. Mm-hmm. So I think we get guilted into believing sometimes. The more I read of the Bible, the better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if I read two chapters today, then I'm a better Christian than if I just read two verses. Yeah. So we need we gotta push that aside mm-hmm. and recognize that God all God needs is one verse. Now, I'm a proponent of you don't ever read one verse by itself in the Bible. Mm-hmm. We can go back to that if you want to. We'd love to, yeah. But but God doesn't need much to speak to me. So I, I think, mm-hmm. so when I say quantity, when I say quantity versus quality, just slow down. Yeah. I think that's the first step. Slow down. If all I get through is 10 verses today, then that's all right. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to... Keep reading and not remember what I'm reading. Like, how many times does that happen? We read a passage of scripture. I do it all the time. Maybe it's ten verses. I after I, I get to the end, I think, hmm, I'm not sure what I just read. Yeah. Now, if my goal is to make sure I get my chapters in every day, I'll just keep going as opposed to stopping. Okay, what did I just read? Maybe I should go back and read it again mm-hmm. and think through what's being said in this passage of scripture. So I think that's I think that'd be the biggest thing mm-hmm. for those who are you know, more mature in their faith a little bit or been Christians for longer. Just slow down and take your time. Don't get discouraged because you can't read two or three chapters a day. If if all you can get through is a few verses, I think that's great. You're in the Word, and it doesn't matter if it's a whole lot of words or a few words. God can use any amount to speak to me, to Amen. draw me into Himself. Reading comprehension. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> basic, yeah. Basic stuff. Yeah, I was an English teacher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and, that, and that sounds simplistic and easy, but I think that's the place to start. Getting yeah. that in my brain, just slow down. And what's God saying to me? What's He speaking to me? What's He speaking to us? What's He saying to, to people yeah. through this passage, whether it's in Genesis or Leviticus or Philippians? Yeah. And what if you, if you're reading and if you don't have a home church or a mentor and you're like, I'm kind of confused, but I feel like there's something there and I might be missing something. Mm-hmm. What resources or what do you recommend for that person that's like, I feel like there's something more there than I might be missing. What can they use to help um, just yeah. reveal a little bit more? That's a little tougher question because there's so many, there's so many resources. I mean, mm-hmm. thousands and thousands of commentaries. Hundreds of thousands, if not millions of commentaries 
on the worldwide <laughs> web. <laughs> so you can find all sorts of things. And it's that's a tough question. Cause I, so I guess what I'd say is go buy a commentary. Mm-hmm. People are like, well, that costs money. Well, yeah, it does, but but is it worth it? Yeah. Right. If if I spend two thousand dollars on buying a whole set of commentaries on the whole Bible, isn't it worth it? Mm-hmm. Like I'll go drop forty bucks on a meal at some restaurant and not even think about it. Yeah. And that takes me what six hours, four hours if I'm a girl and healthy boy. <laughs> yeah. And I got to spend more money to get more food. So why not invest? Mm-hmm in eternity, in knowing the Word. So I think that's a pretty simple thing. Go buy a, com- buy a commentary. And again, if you, and then the question will become, well, how do I know what to buy? <laughs> well, you have to ask somebody. Yeah. So for someone who's, who's not in a church or doesn't have a pastor, to kind of answer that question, you need, you need to be. You need to have shepherds over you who you can ask. You can ask these questions of and, and receive some guidance because, I mean, I guess the Lord could give you a direct revelation. He does that, but He gives us people around us. So to kind of hit that side question, yeah, you get in a church, find a pastor mm-hmm. who can help you with these things, answer those questions. What are good resources? So that's one thing. Another thing that I, a resource I use, very specific, it's it's an app called Blue Letter Bible. Yeah. That's a great app. I love it. Mm-hmm. Love it, love it, love it. Because you can go look up, like I'm a big proponent of like, what do words mean? So if I'm reading a, a verse of Scripture and I come across it, the words translated, say, just compassion in my Bible, what's the word mean in the in the Hebrew or the Greek? In that app, Blue Letter Bible, you can find it very simple. It will tell you. what Here's what that word meant when this writer used this word because we know languages change. Mm-hmm. And so our English language doesn't always convey rightly what the biblical author was trying to say. Like, just take, for example, the word love. Mm-hmm. Right? For us, um, well, let's just look at it the other way. In Scripture, the word love, this translated love in our Bible, it has it can have four different meanings. Mm-hmm. I mean, you all might know this as far as, is it romantic love or friendship love or unconditional love? And so... So that resource, Blue Letter Bible, can help parse that out. What exactly do they mean with this by the youth, with the use of this word? So that's that's a good resource. I recommend mm-hmm. it. And it's free. Ever, it yeah. is. It's free. Yeah. Yeah. And if, it doesn't it, cost a dime. Yeah, and if somebody can show you exactly how to use it, like I can look up, I can look up the meaning of a word from the Greek or Hebrew in about ten seconds, and you mm-hmm. have it right there. And I use it pretty much. I use it last night at Bible study. You yeah. Liz. I use it almost every Wednesday night at Bible study with the church. Okay. What does this word mean? Let's find out. Yep. So much so that it's become kind of a joke to my people. <laughs> when I go to it, they know what I'm doing. You should not feel bad. I also no, use it while you're I, doing your sermons. I do. <laughs> I, do. I get very curious. It's, but a, it's a great resource. For well, sure. You know, like, I do not mean this smart aleck, but it's going to come across that way. <laughs> like, we're in the year 2022. Mm-hmm. We have resources at our fingertips. We do. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to learn how to play the guitar, you can do yep. it for free sure on enough. YouTube. If you want a new workout regimen, again, free yeah. online you don't even have to pay to go to a gym yeah. and i think it really all comes down to how motivated are we to get the clarity in scripture mm-hmm. um and i don't mean that in a right. striving way right. or in a you yeah. know a toxic way of achievement but you know if you want clarity mm-hmm. there's the resources yeah. and then 
goodness, the Holy Spirit has been so faithful in my life sure. to help me when I'm confused. Um, I want to go back to context. Yeah. Tell us what you think about context in Scripture. It probably is. Like if I was making a list of the top three things to keep in mind when you're reading the Bible, mm-hmm. context is on that list, mm-hmm. it, it, along with prayer and the work of the Holy Spirit. And I said this just this past Sunday in the sermon. We never, never read one Bible verse by itself. Mm-hmm. Never. You never do it. Because what that leads to is misinterpretation. I'm always looking, I'm always reading the verses around it. What do the verse before and after it say? What's this whole passage? What are these whole 10 verses trying to say? Even And even that big, bigger, what's the whole book of John trying to say or Mark? Now, we don't always know that. And, and, and then even bigger than that, how does this verse fit into the whole of Scripture? Mm-hmm. Right? And we had this issue just, I think it was three weeks ago, I'm working through a sermon series, Psalm 103, and the verse was, the Lord who heals all your diseases. He heals all your diseases. Now, at first glance, I think, hmm, interesting. I don't know if the Lord heals all diseases because I look around, I see people who are sick, mm-hmm. they have cancer or kidney disease or whatever. They're broken bodies. So obviously the Lord's not healing all diseases. Mm-hmm. So what we did in that sermon is we just went broader. What does all of Scripture? How does all of Scripture speak into this verse? What does the rest of this psalm? How does it speak into this verse? Maybe David's not saying God literally heals every little literal disease you have, because mm-hmm. he might not be saying that. So that's why I say context. It's it's so so important. But you know we put we take a Bible verse and put it on a mug or a plaque. <laughs> you know Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, John three sixteen, all the famous ones. Philippians four thirteen. I can do all things through Christ. But but when you re- get those verses in the context, it, it really a lot of times changes the way we think about what God's actually saying with this one verse. So that's why I say context. It's it's so so important. And that and that and that and that plays into the the, the quality thing as opposed to the quantity right. thing. Right? Because if I'm reading quickly through a verse passage of scripture, I find this verse I like and I kinda pluck it out and make it my motto mm-hmm. and I may be I may have heard it wrong or read it wrong or misunderstood what God's actually saying with it. Yeah, that is so true. Mm-hmm. I think of how many times people can be taken out of context, even oh, just yeah. in regular mm-hmm. life, with mm-hmm. what you say yeah. or snippets of media, of sure. you know, re- recordings of interviews and stuff like that, and how much discord it can cause. Sure. Mm-hmm. So I have a follow-up question that's okay. kind of opening a can of worms. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> how, as believers, should we um, handle other believers? maybe misquoting, misrepresenting Scripture that can be up for interpretation. How do we let that affect us? Um, how does that affect our relationship with them? Mm-hmm. Because that is something that is so common. I mean, we see there are so many different avenues of belief, even in our own evangelical faith mm-hmm. with denomination. And there can be a lot of discord yeah. within yeah. the evangelical faith yeah. with each other. Sure. And the Pollyanna within me is like, why can't we all just get along yeah. so that we can invite more people to know about Jesus? Mm-hmm. But it's it's a legit concern because we can interpret scripture, some scripture, differently, sure. and it causes a, a major divide. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I would. The first thing I think you used the word that I would not push back against, but stop believing they misinterpreted scripture. 
That's so now, true. Now, unless it's now unless it's a core doctrine issue, right? Now, if someone says Jesus is not Lord, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to take issue with that. Absolutely, I'm taking yes. issue with that. But I think sometimes we take the posture of like I, I have the right interpretation, and theirs is wrong. Mm-hmm. Maybe mine's wrong, and theirs is right. And then we can name any number of issues from Scripture: predestination. Uh, baptism, women in ministry, like those are just a few of the kind of big ones. And so I like to take the posture anytime I study the Bible of, I, here's what I think it means, but but I could be wrong on this. Right? I love that posture. I, I'm not the end-all, be-all, mm-hmm. and I'm human. So th- there's probably some things that that I've, I've missed, I've missed the point on. And God in His grace has not smacked me for it <laughs> and, and shut me down. <laughs> So I think taking that posture, first of all, they could be the right one, and I could be the one that's seeing it incorrectly. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's the first step. And within that as well is this idea of there are, there are very few heels doctrinally, theologically, scripturally that I, that I will die on. Mm-hmm. Like all those issues I just talked about, predestination, baptism, women in ministry. I will not die on any of those hills. Now, I have beliefs on them, what I think the Scriptures tell us. Mm-hmm. But again, I could be wrong. So I think it's it's a matter of identifying, and I try to teach our kids this often, our youth this. Like, don't die on hills that shouldn't be died on. Mm-hmm. D- don't do it. If you believe that people are predestined to heaven or hell, that, okay. If I, if I don't, okay. I still know God says, go tell people about Jesus. That's right. right? That, yeah. So let's put our focus on those things that we do agree on. Because there there may be, if there's, I'm just throwing out random numbers. If there are a hundred things we disagree on, there are 10,000 that we do agree on. Mm-hmm. Jesus is Lord. He saves people from sin. God loves us. Mm-hmm. He created the world. Let's Let's lean into that stuff as opposed to, all the things that can and do mm-hmm. often divide us. Mm-hmm. We don't make the minor things the major things. And I know that sounds simplistic, but I think it's really that simple. Like, yeah. yeah. At Jesus least in theory. Simple. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Which I'm so glad. But sure. Yeah. I'm so glad. Sure. Uh-huh. But we simple. complicate him. Yeah. Sure. It's so sad. <laughs> yeah. So I, so I try to spend too much time talking about these. I mean, I'll, I'll have conversations, but I'm not going to, pr- certainly not going to preach on issues that that might divide us because I don't think it does us any good. Yeah. Now if you want to talk about it in my office on a Monday or Thursday, that's great. Let's mm-hmm. let's do it up. I'd yeah. love that. But but let's not let that separate us and keep us apart from the, the true work and the real work that Christ mm-hmm. has called us to. Amen. That's a word. That is a word. That's so good. How much time how many souls could have been saved from us not wasting so much time talking about Sure. Things that don't matter. Sure. You know, how many opportunities have we missed? Um, well, and I think about the verse that talks about like spiritual milk and then meat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yes. you know, there's a time for milk and there's a time for meat. And yeah. that's not belittling, you know, the small things. There's just it's a just, time. there's a time for it. Yeah. And I feel like so many times, like you said, we tend to skip over the milk and sure. go straight to the meat because we're curious. And I think that mm-hmm. that that's valid. Like, I'm glad that we have a hunger for the, the big 
quote unquote big ticket mm-hmm. issues that yeah. seem to be really loud yeah. in conversation yeah. and in discussion amongst the church, the big C church. But yeah. um, and and one and one thing I. I think this is on purpose. I believe it's on purpose. I, I intentionally, a lot of times, it is on purpose. I intentionally <laughs> <coughs> choose not to take a side on the divisive issues. Like, yeah. for example, some of my my youth boys, <coughs> they've been asking me recently, "What's your view on predestination?" They just yelled out randomly, "Brother Isaac, what what do you think about predestination?" Right? <laughs> and I'll say, "Well, here's what the Bible says. I, I can tell you the Bible." Sp- has these verses that that we could say would support this idea, mm-hmm. but the Bible has these verses that would say no, we don't support this idea. So here, here they are. You kind of do with them what you want, mm-hmm. right? You know, I'm not going to tell you how you should believe on this issue because again, if I say one way or the other, what's going to happen? It's going to make them really happy or turn them off. Like he, he's not as smart as I thought he was yeah. as a pastor. Mm. So it's sometimes it's, and I don't know if that's the best pastoral thing to do, but it's what I do. And it's it's worked so far, I guess. <laughs> it sounds so, like it's working. Yeah, yeah. Rightly or wrongly, it's what I've done. So, whenever tackling some of those hard hitting, like big issues, mm-hmm. you know, and going back to the word, um, how important is cultural context? Oh, sure, sure, very important. Yeah, and what makes that difficult is like you have to have resources yeah. to answer those questions. Like the only reason I know some of that stuff. It's because I spent time studying. Mm-hmm. I've I've read books and listened to people talk who actually studied these things mm-hmm. firsthand. So that's a little more of a tougher issue to get answers for. for sure. It's just a just a lay person or a new believer. Like I don't really know. I wouldn't even know where. Like as a new believer, you you wouldn't even know where to go to find those answers. Mm-hmm. So that's a little tougher issue on how to get those answers. But it is important because. And once you understand some of that, and I try to help my people get that through sermons, mm-hmm. here's some of the context to help you understand why Jesus said, because a lot of things He said and did, so be, we're looking forward to He said that, or what, it's what He said, however you title that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, it helps us, um, so the reason, uh, it helps us understand why Jesus said and did some of the things He said and did. Mm-hmm. Now, he's not changed his mind. He just approached it a certain way because it would have affected these people if they heard it this way. Like the parables. Yeah. A lot of the parables he told, they were culturally driven. Mm-hmm. The people would have got what he was saying. Now, to us, it doesn't make any sense because right. he didn't say it to us. Mm-hmm. He said it to them. So that that works a little harder as far mm-hmm. as cultural context. Again, I know that doesn't really help anybody in that process of getting it. But it's it, that's something you'll have to have help on, I think, from a pastor or church leader to get some of that cultural stuff mm-hmm. and understand yeah. it. Kind of going along that vein, I know that we've explained on here a couple of times, like in Bible 101 oh, yeah. <laughs> episodes, of you know the difference between the Old Testament and the New mm-hmm. Testament and how we are under the New Covenant. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Um, but... In your experience, how has the Old Testament helped increase your faith, even though we're def- we're definitely living in the New Testament deal sure. Um, sure. under the sacrifice of Jesus? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was, I heard a professor say in seminary, and lots of people say it, to, under- to fully understand the New Testament, you have to have some grasp on the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. 
because so much of what happens in Genesis through Malachi, Mm -hmm. it speaks into, speaks forward into what Christ came to do. You know, like the sacrificial system. It was pointing to, forward to Christ. So much of what the Old Testament prophets said, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, those guys are pointing forward to the Messiah. Mm-hmm. So again, you don't have to be a scholar on the Old Testament, but it's so, so important to, to grasp what's being, what was done there because it brings so much light to the New Testament, even though we do live under the, the New Covenant of Grace. Thank the Lord for that, as mm-hmm. you said. <laughs> but yes, so, and, and, but the Old Testament can be intimidating. It can yeah. be very intimidating. Mm-hmm. Especially when you start reading through, well, you mentioned Leviticus. I, I'm in it right now. Yeah. This morning, it was like, yeah. you must go, stay outside of your camp, shave yeah. all your hair, your yeah. eyebrows. And I was like, wait a minute. All the, yeah. the eyebrows? <laughs> <laughs> all these laws and rules. Yeah. Yeah, so it can be tough. And we won't get, I mean, I'm, I've been pastoring for 14 years, and I went to seminary, and even still, there's stuff in the Old Testament. I'm like, what? <laughs> that, don't make any, that don't make any sense. Why would you do that? But mm-hmm. again, it was tied to... A lot of that cultural stuff, and yeah. it was pointing forward to mm-hmm. Jesus, which all of all the scriptures. Or we should probably say that too. The whole Bible points to Jesus. Mm-hmm. The whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's all about Him from the beginning to the end. So if you're not seeing Him in Scripture, you're not reading it right. Yeah, I think last week um, Riley and I, which for those who are listening, he was on last season. Um, I recommend you go back and listen to that episode. For but sure. he were not ever talking about all the all the rules and everything mm-hmm. in Leviticus, and so he he made the valid point of. If, you know, sacrifices hadn't been made so normal yeah. in the Old Testament, people would not have been prepared for Jesus. Sure. And, like, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have happened the way that it really should have and needed to, sure. the way God had intended it. So, you know, we have to oftentimes think about our own cultural context, that mm-hmm. how we were raised and how our parents mm-hmm. were raised, mm-hmm. to look at the current Big C Church and where mm-hmm. we are right now, but also yeah. to look forward to yeah. our call and what, yeah. what the what Lord what yeah. the Lord has called us to. Yeah. And I think that brings up a good point too. You mentioned our cultural context and I think this is important when it comes to reading scripture is is being aware of my context, my biases, my mm-hmm. upbringing, mm-hmm. and not putting them onto the scripture. Yeah, that's good. Right? That's so, so important because mm-hmm. so often the way I read it is the way I was raised, you know, whatever my church looked like mm-hmm. as I was growing up, you know, to kind of try to think Jesus was speaking directly to me in my context. Well, not not really. So that's that's a really big point too, being aware mm-hmm. of that, not throwing the 21st century cultural culture into the Bible because yeah. it, it doesn't work. It's why <laughs> if I do that, it's going to lead to well a lot of bad stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A lot of not good That's things. True. <laughs> yeah, because we all have. I think it's called confirmation bias. Yeah. Yes, for sure. Uh, when we read mm-hmm. something, we're like, oh, I, you know, because the Bible does mm-hmm. say in the Old Testament. An eye for an eye. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. But Jesus, you know, uh-huh. taking that context, the, the covenant that we're in, yeah. says, you've heard it said, yeah. an eye for an eye, but I say, turn the other cheek. Mm-hmm. So um, it's really funny how we can take our own spin sure on the Bible can. and yeah. say, you know, well, the Bible does say an eye for an eye. Well, yeah. it, it did, but yeah. Jesus came to to kind of break that standard. Well, not kind of. He did break that yeah. standard of how we love people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, do you mind if I ask your favorite Bible translation, or do you have several? No, I'll tell you. I preach from the English English Standard Version, mm-hmm. which is 
um, more word for word. Okay, that's good to know. I don't know if y'all, we could talk about that a second if you want to. Sure, yeah. Like Bible translations. So if you you imagine a a straight line, Mm -hmm. right, and you have different Bible translations on this line. Again, the people can't, you can't see me what I'm doing here. (laughs) But you have different, like a timeline with different Mm -hmm. points. That's what we're thinking of. On one end of the scale is word for word translations. Right? They've taken the original Hebrew or Greek and they're translating word for word. Mm-hmm. This word means this in English. This word means this. This word means this. On the other end is uh, thought for thought translation. Mm-hmm. So here's this whole verse. Here's John three sixteen. What? How do we put, phrase this so we get the meaning and idea and feel mm-hmm. of what John three sixteen is saying? Yeah. Even if we have all the words exactly right, it doesn't really matter. So that's the two ends of the scale. And in the middle, of course, is kind of a combination. Mm-hmm. And different translations will fall different places on that scale. So on the word-for-words, King James Version, New American Standard will be in there, New King James, that kind of genre. On the other end of the word, the thought-for-thought thought will be the Living Bible, New Living Translation. Probably uh, the message. Yeah, the message yeah. is on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in the middle, you have things like the NIV will be pretty close to the center, the, the CSB, which is I, which is what I use for my personal reading, the Christian Standard Bible, um, which they kind of do a mixture of word for word and thought for mm-hmm. thought. So that's kind of to help maybe help somebody think about Bible translations. For sure. But I like to preach from a more a closer to the word for word side of the scale. So mm-hmm. that's what ESV is. So that's what I preach from. But when I'm reading for my own personal gain, I will read something closer to the middle and because it's a little easier to understand sometimes when you get to some of those tougher passages like Paul's stuff in Romans. Yeah, that's so true. I'm having flashbacks to conversations with my dad because, again, I'm a PK, and mm-hmm. he was like, KJV only. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was like, an ESV. <laughs> and I was like, listen, I, I didn't even enjoy, like, Shakespeare. Like, I need you to understand. <laughs> I need some. But, but some. Here, here's an interesting fact. This Hopefully this won't help upset anybody. But the King James Version, not... Scholars know now it's probably one of the, it's one of the least accurate Bible translations. Wow, really, yeah. that's gonna shake somebody. Uh, no, I know. I just want to say I'm here for it. you can you can edit this you can edit this part oh, out no. if you need to. We're gonna put it first. Nope. <laughs> I'm with me. It's your podcast. Do whatever you want. They know we we I love challenging. Yes, our faith because I don't think God's afraid of our questions. Oh no, no, no not at all. Yeah, I don't know. I, I love to see. I'm I'm in Matthew right now. How yeah. Jesus challenged the religious mm-hmm. scholars of that time, and and I mean he shook things up. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I'm here for it. Yeah, um, and, and I think that's important too. That God's not afraid of our questions. So if I read a passage of scripture and I don't get it, God's not going to be offended because I didn't understand. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what's being said here. Like, so He welcomes. Um, number one, Lord, oh Lord, I need some help. Mm-hmm. Holy Spirit, help me understand what's being said here. Mm-hmm. And and going to a pastor or a trusted who a trusted shepherd to help me understand that. Because yeah, we don't understand it all. There yeah. are things that I don't understand. And I think any, any honest pastor or scholar would tell you, like, I don't get all of it. If they say they do, then I probably don't want to listen to them. True. That's so true. Mm-hmm. 
never be the smartest person in the room. That's right. That's what I like to say. That's right. But yeah. you've already declared me the smartest person on your podcast. Yes. What am I so supposed to do now? We're practicing that right now. You're not practicing it, but we are. <laughs> <laughs> Move to a different room. <laughs> yes. We get somebody else in here smarter than yes, me. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I know that our time is wrapping up. Yeah. But I did want to ask, what is your most cherished, I guess you could call it fruit, that has come out of your life that maybe it's peace, maybe it's joy or clarity? Um, being in the Word. Mm-hmm. What What do you cherish most that God has brought to your life from, from being in His Word? Hmm. It's a big question. I would say, I think, I don't know. I don't know if I can say this came directly from the Word, but it's a it's a product mm-hmm. of the Scriptures. This idea of, well, I could probably say several. Now I'll think about it, probably several things. So maybe I'll say two. <laughs> Number one would be uh, disciple making. Oh wow! Right? Making disciples like that's what Jesus said. Mm-hmm. The end of Matthew. The last thing Matthew tells us Jesus said was, Go there and form my disciples of all nations, baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I'm with you always. I left some of it out, but you get my point there. And just just the point, the fact that I'm not the the call from Scripture is not a call to get saved, then just sit in church and listen to sermons and sing some songs for the next 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years. Mm-hmm. That's not the call. At all, right. it's it's to go teach people how to follow Jesus, and, and not not to get them saved. Right? right when you get saved, that's not the finish line; mm-hmm. that's the starting block. Right. right? You get saved, and, and the whole adventure has just begun. Yeah. So if if we're teaching and preaching, getting saved is the goal. We're missing the whole back half. Well, even more than the half, we're missing the whole last three quarters of what this is all about. Wow, right? that's good. Knowing Jesus and teaching other people how to know Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I'll give credit to Rennie Ryder, my mentor, for, for teaching, for pressing that into me over a number of years. Just that truth. Of, it's, it's about more than just you know cruising through life. It's about calling people to follow Jesus and, and be like Him. So I, I, I like to point to people like, nowhere in the Gospels does Jesus ever say, get saved. He never says get saved. Mm-hmm. He says what? Two words. Follow me. Yeah. Yeah. Follow me. That, that's it. Give up your life and come seek after me. And like, okay. That, that's Like we said, that's pretty simple. Mm-hmm. It's pretty straightforward. Yep, like, it is. That, that's the, that's the no goal. <laughs> so I want to do that myself and, and help other people do that as well. Help them follow this Savior. Because that's what life is about. Amen. Mic drop. That's it's great. all in how you live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. That's so good. Thank you so much yes. for your time. Well, you're welcome. This has been great. You're welcome. Fantastic. I appreciate it. You're always welcome to come back on the podcast anytime. I love it. I talk about anything. <laughs> We're gonna, about anything. We're going to give you like <laughs> a theologian position at yep. Chosen Girl. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Our resident theologian. Yes, because we say all the time, guys, we're not therapists. We're not theologians. We're just two girls. Yeah. We know more about Jesus. Mm, that, but it's yeah. really nice to have that deep well of wisdom and experience from yes. you. I really <laughs> well, appreciate you. I really appreciate it. I appreciate it. it. I, I appreciate know our it. listeners do too. Yes. But if you all haven't listened to our previous episodes, like we've already mentioned, you can go back and stream those wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoy what you're listening to, leave us a comment um, or a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Shoot us 
us a, a message on Instagram if you have any prayer requests or would like to hear anything uh, new. But if I think that's it. And we'll see you next it. Tuesday. Absolutely. We're going to be talking about deconstructing myths of our faith. Or not Ooh. even myths, just uh, like you said, maybe things that we uh, learned that maybe we need to unlearn yeah. mm-hmm. about yeah. our faith. So. Yeah. Ooh, cool. So next gonna, week, yeah. I'm like, don't get your feelings hurt, honey. It's all right. <laughs> I'm on my own toes, too. So. Right. Yep, that's right. But we'll see you guys next Tuesday. Bye. Bye. That's it for today, fam. Thank you so much for listening, and make sure to rate and subscribe. And don't forget to visit us on Instagram at Chosen Girls Movement or on our website to see our merch and free resources. And meet us back here next Tuesday.